Hello and welcome to this month's Patreon preview. If you are curious about Patreon and want to hear what is available, if you sign up, then please stick around for this little episode. I mention Patreon on every single episode, so at the beginning of each month, I'm going to give you a little preview of what is available on patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories. So you can sign up to Patreon for either $2 a month or $5 a month to get access to all the main and mini episodes of real life ghost stories completely ad free. There are also extra film Film reviews, giveaways, bonus Q&As and much, much more. Remember, Patreon is entirely flexible and you can delete your pledge instantly at any time. For $2 a month, you get access to over 50 episodes of bonus content. For $5 a month, you get access to over 170 extra episodes. Every Monday on the $5 tier, I release an episode of Tiny Tales. Sometimes it's a collection of spooky stories. Sometimes it's a special guest episode where a knowledgeable person comes on and tells their own paranormal tales. For today's preview, you will be hearing a snippet of an episode of Tiny Tales where I explored some great spooky stories stories that I discovered in a very famous book from your childhood, Mysteries of the Unexplained. Sign up now at patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories. As always, the link will be in the description of this episode. And today's ghost stories come from the very famous book Mysteries of the Unexplained. So if you know the podcast Mysteries of the Unexplained, formerly known as What the Fuck is in this book with the lovely Will and Annie, they talked about the book Mysteries of the Unexplained so much. Obviously it became the whole subject of their podcast because it was a book they both had when they were kids and it frightened the life out of them and I hunted it down and found myself a second-hand copy And I decided to take a couple of stories from the spectral incursions section of the book. Now, the book is like, honestly, it feels like being a kid again when you used to get um, like, you know, when you used to get the Guinness World Records when you were a kid. And I would just sit and pore over it and I'd have my favourite bits of the Guinness World Records that I'd read over and over again, which would obviously be like the oddities section. And um, the contents of this book are incredible. You've got like prophecies, anomalies, coincidences, spontaneous human combustion, inexplicable crimes. I mean, who who doesn't want who doesn't want this in their life? So I've picked out a couple of stories. So let's get straight into them with story number one. Among Gaelic people, banshees, female guardian spirits, have been well known for centuries. A banshee will attach herself to a person or a family watch over them during their life and foretell an imminent death by shrieking, crying and wailing. Such is the case with the Rossmore Banshee of County Monaghan in Ireland. Her terrible wailing was first heard in 1801 when General Robert Cunningham, the first Baron Rossmore, lay dying. William Rossmore, the sixth Baron, described the original appearance of the Banshee, a story passed down through the family over the years. Robert Rossmore was on terms of great friendship with Sir Jonah and Lady Barrington, and once when they met at a Dublin drawing room, Rossmore persuaded the Barringtons to come over the next day to Mount Kennedy, where he was then living. As the invited guests proposed to rise early, they retired to bed in good time and slept soundly until two o'clock in the morning when Sir Jonah was awakened by a wild and plaintive cry. He lost no time in rousing his wife and the scared couple got up and opened the window which looked over the grass plot beneath. It was a moonlit night 
and the objects around the house were easily discernible, but there was nothing to be seen in the direction whence the eerie sound proceeded. Now thoroughly frightened, Lady Barrington called her maid, who straight away would not listen or look, and fled in terror to the servants' quarters. The uncanny noise continued for about half an hour, when it suddenly ceased. All at once a weird cry of Rossmore, Rossmore, Rossmore was heard, and then all was still. The Barringtons looked at each other in dismay, and were utterly bewildered as to what the cry would mean. They decided, however, not to mention the incident at Mount Kennedy, and returned to bed in the hope of resuming their broken slumbers. They were not left long undisturbed, for at seven o'clock they were awakened by a loud knocking at the bedroom door, and Sir Jonah's servant, lawyer, entered the room, his face white with terror. "'What's the matter? What's the matter?' asked Sir Jonah. "'Is anyone dead?' "'Oh, sir,' answered the man, "'Lord Rossmore's footman has just gone by in great haste, "'and he told me that my lord, after coming from the castle, "'had gone to bed in perfect health, "'but that about half-past two this morning, "'his own man, hearing a noise in his master's room, "'went to him and found him in the agonies of death, "'and before he could alarm the servants, "'his lordship was dead.' "'Shrieking and wailing and crying, "'Rossmore, Rossmore, the Banshee has announced the death of every Rossmore heir since then, including that of the sixth Baron, who died in 1958. Now you all know I will never pass up the opportunity to talk about the Banshee. And these Banshee stories are all over Ireland. And it's not the first time I've heard stories of Banshees wailing and the name of the person or the family name being sort of within the sound of the wailing so people will be able to cert- to discern the particular name in and amongst the sounds of the wailing and honestly I don't know whether it's just being raised in Ireland that I, I just have such a love for banshee stories I, I don't know or maybe maybe I'm just an old romantic at heart and I like the old folklore but it's just one of those things that if, if somebody came to me and said, I heard a banshee last night, I, I'd believe it. And I feel very glad that I do not have one attached to my family. And I've heard other great stories about the banshee too, about, you know, modern day stories about people hearing the banshee wailing and then trying to leave their house to see what the sound is, as in trying to go out the back door or the front door to see what the sound is and physically feeling like a barrier or a force field stopping them from leaving the house. Like... Almost like her shrieking was that strong that it created a barrier around the house. And as it is said, if you don't hear her, then you are the one that's up for the chop. You are the one that's going to die. So if you hear her, you're pretty much safe. And if you, as a listener, if you come across any banshee stories in the wild, can you send them to me? Because I just, I love them so much. I really do. They just fill me full of joy. I guess it's probably fair to say they only fill me full of joy because I am not on the receiving end of said banshee whales. It's very interesting too how in this story the people who hear the banshee aren't actually a part of the family. Almost like the banshee is attached to the land or maybe like the earldom rather than, or is it baron, wasn't he? The barondom. I don't even know how what the right word for that is. Rather than the family themselves. So it kind of begs the question that if anybody was in the house around the time of the earl's death would would anybody hear the sounds of the banshee? 